Welcome to the Sunday Monday Show, a podcast about being bold in faith, work, and life. I'm your host, Jane Kennedy. Let's get down to business. Hello, and welcome back to the Sunday Monday Show. This is episode 11. I'm Jane, and I'm so happy to have you here. Today, we are talking about something that can be a little uncomfy, and that is networking. If you talk to any professional, any career development counselor or coach, they will tell you that the most important tool you can have in your arsenal for job searching and for job development is a network. Having people around you who will vouch for you, introduce you to new opportunities, and uh, expand your worldview is so important when we talk about our professional lives. And there's no one I would rather have here to talk to me about this today than my friend Sophie Ann Barrel. Sophie is brilliant and she has done incredible work on her Instagram at Thrive Beyond 5 talking about networking and how we can make it painless and even enjoyable. That's right. That's where we're going today. So <laughs> buckle up and get ready. Sophie Ann spent part of her childhood in Haiti and later moved to the United States. She earned her undergraduate degree from Nova Southeastern University and her graduate degree from the George Washington University in Washington, D.C. After working in the international development sector for a few years, she transitioned into the public sector as a federal employee in the international economics field. Beyond her 9 to 5, she enjoys curating her platform at Thrive Beyond 5, trying new recipes, and offering pro bono consulting to her sister's fashion line, Rielli. I'm excited for you to hear from her. She's brilliant and so much fun. And by the time you get off of this episode, you will be fired up and ready to go and uh, make some networking contacts. So without any further ado, please help me welcome Sophie. Hi, Sophie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm really excited to talk about our topic for today, which is networking. This is something a lot of people send me messages about. I know from your uh, content on Thrive Beyond 5 that people talk to you about this a lot as well. So I'm thrilled that we have the expert here to give us the 411 on networking and how it can be maybe not miserable. Um, so as we get started here, Sophie, can you tell us a little bit about your first job? Sure. And, and thanks again for having me, Jane. I wouldn't say I'm an expert. I may be an expert in training on this, but um, I, I'm glad to be here and speak to my experiences. Um, so I always joke about this, but one of my first paid experiences um, happened around Christmas time. Um, so my cousins and I, we would practice for weeks a dance and singing uh basically show and leading up to that I started printing tickets and my aunt who would host these <laughs> events at her house she would host Christmas dinner I would stand basically outside her house and, and sell the tickets to the guests and I don't think she was too happy with that but you know what we did it maybe once or twice and I'm not too sure what we ended up doing with the money, nor how much money we made. But it was it was um, my the start of my entrepreneurship journey. Um, but in reality, though, my my real real um, first job was tutoring. I was a math tutor, and it started out as volunteering, and then I figured I can make some money off of this and. To be honest, tutoring is a pretty lucrative business. Um, <laughs> I strongly considered um, a side 
gig with tutoring because it, it paid pretty well, I have to say. Yeah, tutoring and babysitting were some pretty good gigs back in the day <laughs> and fun. It's fun to work with kids. Totally. I love the story yeah. about you, you selling tickets for people coming over to your aunt's house. <laughs> that is so funny. And it's so entrepreneurial. I dig it. That's, that's amazing. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you've been a tutor, you've been, um, you know, hustling to get people in, uh, to your, to your Christmas shows. Now you're in a very different type of role. Can you share with us a little bit about where you are now and how you got there? Sure. So I'm currently with the Treasury Department and I'm in their International Affairs Office. Um, The work that we do is at the intersection of national security and economics. So we review foreign investments for national security risks. And, you know, I'm not a political appointee. This is a civil servant position, which I like to make clear for people because they're they're different. And, um, you know, this is a job I think that I've been preparing my whole life for. Um, I, I was always very involved with community service, serving others. So I think this was a natural transition for me to be into this role. Um, getting into it, I would say, when I hit that submit button on the application, I thought, I don't know, I thought I had like zero chances (laughs) on getting this job. I was coming from a nonprofit association. So totally, I wouldn't say totally unrelated, but um, very difficult to connect the dots there. I was managing events for them and um, basically building out their membership strategy to engage and retain their members, which, you know, they had international organizations that were working in the development sector. Um, So I had to sell myself to these, uh, to the hiring staff at Treasury. And how I was able to do that was thanks to my graduate program. So in my graduate program, I took many courses related to illicit finance, corruption, trade. And through that, I was able to build those skills and, and, and that knowledge I needed for this job that I currently have. But also I made a contact at my, in my master's program who was working at the treasury department. And, you know, she helped me identify that, yes, you should go for this job. And and gave me that confidence to do it. Um, and, and I've been there for almost a year and a half. So um, I'm happy to be there. And I'm, I think I was most proud of myself to make that transition, that jump, because that was, I, I like I said, I, I didn't know I was gonna be able to make it, but um, I'm, glad, I'm glad it happened. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's an incredible role. Uh, I am so proud of you for, for being in such a, uh, an interesting and challenging space. Uh, what we talk about a lot on here is how we need women of faith in different arenas. And for you to be in a place like that is just so inspiring and encouraging. Uh, I hope for people to hear that, um, that we're needed everywhere. And it's, it's just yeah. so cool. such a cool job. Um, so Obviously, you kind of mentioned this in that story. You said that you were talking to a contact that you had at Treasury as you were applying for this. That is is a nice little segue into our conversation about networking. So Mm -hmm. networking, I think, gets a pretty bad rap 
I mean, even the word can feel kind of slimy and uncomfortable. Like it just conjures this image to me of being in a room with a bunch of people you don't know and name tags and, you know, just awkward conversations of trying to kind of figure out what people do and if they can be helpful to you. And it can feel almost like it's a system of use. Like you feel like, well, I only really want to talk to people who can help me. Uh, But I don't think that networking has to be like that. And I know you don't think that either. So can you uh, share just a little bit about your approach to networking and how it's worked best for you? Sure. And to be honest, when I moved to DC, I had no idea what networking was really. Um, You know, I had cold applied to this job and, and gotten it. And I was here in the city with all these smart people and thinking about my next steps. That's where I started learning, oh, I should be talking to people. I should be going to happy hours and, and making and building relationships. And that's really what networking is just maintaining and nurturing relationships. And in the first place, initiating those relationships. Um, And I think you know, with networking, you have to be great at not only making new relationships, but also nurturing your old ones. So just because you're meeting new people that have cool titles and great experiences doesn't mean you need to, doesn't mean you can forget those older relationships that you've built. So that's, you know, very important to keep in mind. And I think another thing that I've carried throughout my life before I even knew I was networking was treating everybody with a level, the same level of respect. Um, Everybody always has something to teach you and you just have to be open and willing to, you know, listen to what they have to say, listen to their stories. Um, And something that you bring up a lot with your blog is being bold, right? And I think that's the key to networking is to be bold, put yourself out there, Think about the worst that could happen and then try your best. And whatever happens from there, you you did it. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing difficult about it. If you think about it in that way where, okay, what's the worst case? Worst case, they won't reply back. Um, In the case of a university professor, it's almost a natural um, expected networking, right? They know your writing, they know your presentation style and, they know you better in that academic space than other people will ever do. So teachers expect you to come to them after class, maybe to set up coffees and, and meetings to talk about their journeys and how yours might might um, maybe reflect theirs or you know grow from what they tell you. Um, so I think that's a great place to start with your professors, but you know, there's, there's a lot out there in terms of virtual events happening right now. And what I like to tell people now is the room is bigger. Um, take advantage of that. People are sitting around in their houses, most of them. So they, you know, they have more time um, and there are more, they can be in more places <laughs> that at, all at once. So um, take advantage of that. Totally. Yeah. I mean, so many good points there. I think the biggest one is that people want to help you. People want to help us. And 
And so funny, last night, my roommate and I were sitting on the couch and we we're both 25 and she <laughs> looks at me and I said, what are you doing tomorrow? And she goes, oh, I'm talking to a young person because some <laughs> girl from college <laughs> reached out and wanted to talk about career. And I just could not stop laughing because I was like, when, since when are we talking to young people at 25? And um, anyway, so we're going to be on the other side of it some, at some point. And I think many mm-hmm. of us have been on the other side of those conversations. So understanding that other people, like we're, I'm eager to help people because I've been helped by so many others. And again, there is a natural opportunity to build networks. But what I always come back to is that you kind of have to know what you want in order to build a successful network. Like when you came right. to DC and you were trying to figure out what you wanted, you have to do a little bit of introspection or at least come with like a list of things you want to do because people want to help you and they cannot help you if they don't know what you want. A great example of this is I actually got my current job through networking. I uh, was, I used to compete uh, in the Miss California, Miss America organization. And I was at the Miss Bay area competition. I had been Miss Bay area and we were crowning the next girl. And at the beginning of the rehearsal, I said something about how I love DC and had worked in the white house And one of the moms of one of the team contestants came up to me and we spent the entire dress rehearsal, like four (laughs) hours talking because she was really engaged. Yeah. Really engaged in bipartisan criminal justice reform at the time, working on the first step act, which was this massive criminal justice bill. And she was going back and forth between California and DC. I was so impressed by her. Um, She had two daughters. I just, she was the mayor of her town. She was just this incredible woman. Yeah. Amazing. And so we're sitting and talking and I knew Pretty much as soon as that was over, I got her number, I reached out to her and we built a relationship where, um, I, she knew what I wanted, which was that I liked DC and I wanted to go back. Um, but it wasn't the right time at that point. It was like 2018. Anyway, fast forward a year, her daughter ends up being Miss Marin teen and I was Miss Marin. So we spend even more time together. And after (laughs) Miss California that year, she pulled me aside and said, I'm moving back to DC. I'm moving full-time to DC. to to launch this criminal justice organization, do you want to come with me? And so that is the story of why I am in DC right now. (laughs) It's because (laughs) at a pageant, I stood on a stage and said, I want to get back to DC and do policy and advocacy work. Again, that was completely because I just said what I wanted. The right person was in the right place. And then what I love what you said was you initiate the relationship or you maintain that relationship. So I maintained a relationship with her Mm -hmm. over those years that allowed me to make this move. I think stories always help understand the value of networking. Sophie, do you have any stories of experiences that you've had networking that have really helped you um, understand the value? Yes, definitely. And and going back to your story, I think what you said about introspection is so important. Um, I've been on the other end where I was networking a young person and you can tell people, (laughs) young people, the young ridiculous. who, you know, you can tell this person had, you know, absolutely no idea what, uh, you know, they were coming to me asking for. And I was the one initiating the conversation, basically like throwing the questions out there, asking them things. And, you know, I think networker, people on the other side can tell when you're not too sure about where you are and that's okay. There are times in life where, you know, there's some confusion and some haziness, but you know, to respect people's time. It's so 
helpful to know what you want to go with specific questions and to carry the conversation really. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, but going back to my story, so in the process of applying for my master's program, I had to make a really difficult decision for me, which was choosing, I was fortunate to have this decision to make, but I was choosing between American University, AU, and George Washington University, GWU. And I was very, very close to accepting the offer at AU. Um, in the process, they introduced us to professors in the program I applied to. And one of them happened to be this lovely woman. She was a former ambassador. She speaks French and she has this love for the Caribbean. So we really bonded over all those shared qualities. And at the time, I knew she had a great career and had so many fun stories to tell, but I didn't really think of it as networking, which was nice because we literally talked about everything. We talked about art, politics, boys, like literally like anything. And it turns out I didn't choose GW, I didn't choose AU, I chose GWU, which, um, you know, she forgave me for that. But to, to this day, she's still someone I consider as a friend, as a mentor. And when I reach out to her, nine times out of 10, it's not for a recommendation for a job. It's to ask how she's doing or, you know, um, catch up. Um, so I think if people can think of networking as relationship building, it becomes less slimy, like you said earlier, but more fruitful for both sides. You know, everybody has uh, busy schedules, whether we're in the office or at home. So you want to make sure that when you're networking, you're, you're not just, I guess, for lack of better words, like milking the opportunity, but you're also bringing to it as well. Um, whether it's, you know, comforting them if they're going through a difficult time, if you're that close to them, or um, just being open to hearing, you know, how their day was. So I, I definitely think it's, it sounds scary, but if you can use a, a synonym for networking, then it makes it sound less scary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, they're all going to have different relationships. Sometimes you'll find yourself in a relationship where it is symbiotic. So you can do something for them and they can do something for you. And those are always great to have. Uh, I feel like that's a big gift of networking with our peers, which I also want to talk about. Uh, and then there's going to be relationships that you can't really give them anything back. But at the same time, it's you're always turning around and helping up the next person and then helping up the next person. I mean, we all have had to rely on those networks um, in some fashion. One thing I do want to touch on is networking with our peers, because I mm -hmm. think that sometimes it's very tempting to just try to build a network of really powerful people. Like I'm going to build a network with all, all the C-suite people at my company. And I want to build relationships with all the directors at my company or whatever that looks like. But those people aren't going to be the ones really helping you in, in a decade or two. It's going to be the people who you're working alongside in graduate school with, in college with, who end up leading and starting and growing organizations and calling you up to come back. So there's this whole aspect of networking with our peers that is just so incredibly priceless. And I think sometimes we drop the ball on that and we drop the ball on staying in touch with people and catching up with people and um, 
and, and building out those relationships. So I don't know what your thoughts are on, on building networks with the peers or ways that you've seen that done well. Um, do you think that we're doing it well enough or how, how can we get better at it? No, that's, that's a great point. And, you know, I think if we can substitute networking with our peers for just, you know, plain friendship, right? Um, I know so many people who in, in my circle of friends, if they see a job that relates to somebody's background or skills, they'll send them that link and say, hey, you should check this out. Or um, I know somebody here, do you want me to put in a word for you? So I think when we're able to make those relationships with people that are closer to our level, we have a we have better opportunities for getting to the spaces where we want to go in a way, you know, your experience it, with your, um, the contact you made at the pageant, I'm sure she was a more high level person. And that is a fantastic opportunity. Definitely God sent may not happen to everybody, but when we're planting the seeds and, and making friends in different fields and particularly fields that we're interested in, one of those seeds has to sprout, you know, <laughs> we were mm-hmm. going to come across so many interesting people in DC. I've been, there are some people I've been to happy hours with or house parties with, and I later find out that I'm working with them. Um, there are just so many opportunities to meet people in this city, obviously when things are more um, open, but at the moment, I think the savior has been social media. Um, social media, you know, it depends how you want to use your platform, but I, I'm i an advocate of using Instagram, LinkedIn, um, maybe not Facebook. But the reason why I say that is because nowadays there are lots of people that are using their social media pages for more than just them advocating themselves. They're talking about their work. They're talking about um, different causes. And I think you'll find it surprising sometimes, but you might reach out to somebody via DM and you didn't expect they'll reply back because they seem like a young professional doing all these amazing things, but then they send you that DM right back. So I think, um, you know, it's up to individuals how they want to use their social media if they want to make it into a professional page or not. Um, But I think it's a great touch point for that younger generation. Um, And I think we have to be a little bit, uh, we have to start being more aware that once you hit that number, maybe 25 is a number, but like age starts being this like thing that nobody really cares about. Um, So, you know, network with people younger than you people older than you like it gets to a point where anybody within your that bubble that you hang out with um can be valuable not only as friends but as people who can help you in your career i totally love that absolutely echo everything you said uh and so as we're thinking about what as we're thinking about what networking looks like practically right now, obviously things mm-hmm. are different. Uh, I want to talk about some practical steps to building a network. I have a couple, and then I'd love to hear anything that you have found to be useful. One thing that works really well for me is if you see, if I see a link or I see an article or I see a video 
that I think someone would appreciate, I will send it to them, whether it's shooting them a quick text, hey, thinking of you, saw this and thought of you, or an email if it's a professional connection, or even I'll send something over LinkedIn messaging, send, um, you know, whatever, whatever way I can to contact that person. Sending little links shows that you paid attention in your conversation. It shows that you were thinking of, of it going on. And it's a very low risk way to reach out to somebody. It isn't, Hey, how are you doing? Which is just a time bomb of <laughs> no one really wants to answer that. Right. <laughs> Especially with a loose tie. Uh, I'm really fascinated with the idea of loose ties and how we have these incredible networks of people who, like you said, we've met at happy hours or house parties or internships or whatever that are our best advocates and are the best people for us to fight for us and to fight for jobs and to fight for opportunities. So sending links is a great uh, way to go about this. I also think LinkedIn can be scary because it's a very strange platform compared to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It can feel a lot more formal. It feels like it's just kind of where people brag about their jobs, but it can also be a really great network builder. And it's, it's not a weird thing to send someone a LinkedIn request or just to, I've used it to keep connections and I've used it to look at jobs I think would be really cool and research. How did that person get here? Or looking at different schools. How did this person get to the school and what was that path for them? LinkedIn is a great, great asset um, to build a network and also to just kind of get some information. What are some other tools you think like practical steps for for listeners to build their network now yeah I I just wanted to build upon the LinkedIn mention um one of the greatest features on LinkedIn is that you can see who your mutual contacts are um and you know it's it's a good reminder also why it's important to keep those relationships because maybe the person that is your mutual contact you haven't spoken to them in three years but then you go on their page and you find out wow they're doing all this cool stuff so that could be an opening for you to reach out and ask about what they're doing um i think also for those who've graduated from programs using linkedin as an alum is also very helpful um i think people who've graduated from the program that you've graduated from are might be more available or willing to to meet and speak with you because they've been down that road and have so much to to bring to the conversation um i yeah i really like that point with linkedin another um networking tip that i would strongly consider is put yourself out there through virtual events that are going on i know that many of them take place during the workday so it's hard to schedule around that if you're working, but maybe your job can consider it as professional development, especially if it's related to the field you're working in. And once you're in those um, virtual meetings, take a look at the list of participants. And I like to, the first maybe 10 minutes of the meeting or the introduction um, section, I like to go down my LinkedIn and type in those names that I see in, in the participants from the participants list. And, you know, sometimes you'll see mutual connections and start digging there if you're interested in their journey. Um, And if you can be active 
in those virtual events so that your name starts to be put out there and definitely be be um, an active listener. So if there's a speaker there who's who mentioned something you'd like to circle back with them on, it's a great opportunity to open that conversation when you message them on LinkedIn or email or if you run into them again. Really, really great. I, I am so proud of you for going to virtual networking events. I have never done that. <laughs> and <laughs> it seems really scary to me. And if it also seems scary to you, know that any event you go to is a networking event because yeah. really, yeah, you're just going places and you're meeting interesting people. And I have met, seriously, I mean, every single person you walk up to in this city, Sophie and I are both in DC, every person you talk to does some incredible yes. <laughs> work. And yeah. I just find myself asking questions and wanting to know more and wanting to understand how they got there and where they want to go. And you're, you have a network, even if you have two LinkedIn friends, you have a network it's, it's there. It just takes a little bit of cultivation. I liked what you said about planting seeds, plant the seeds. You, I had no idea when I was sitting at some dress rehearsal, like at a pageant that I was going to end up moving across the country with this woman um, and working for her. Right. Like you just don't know those things. So it pays to be kind to people and to be forward with them, to ask for what you want, to know what you want. And then to, to make an effort to follow up with them and also to say thank you. I don't know why this is, this is, <laughs> I don't know. I always was raised like writing thank you notes and, and sending thank you emails. But I think a lot of that has kind of faded. It makes a huge impact. I mean, every, oh, yeah. I don't know, probably every 10 people I talk to like young quote unquote young people, I get like two thank you messages. And if I yeah. don't get a thank you no, message, I get like a weird <laughs> text saying, uh, you said you were going to help me with this and here's what I need now. Oh. <laughs> and I'm happy to help, but there's just this aspect of saying thank you for people's time and yeah. um, that it is appreciated and it's noticed when it doesn't happen. Like I can, you know, you remember um, <laughs> that people say thank yeah. you or not because you're like, oh, okay. Um, I spent an hour on the phone with you. Um, but yeah, it's just a nice, I think, gesture to show that you appreciated the time that they put into something. Um Definitely. I echo that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, all right, Sophie, you are doing incredible work in a space that needs more diverse voices. Uh, how can we as Christians and Catholics be more proactive in seeking out different experiences and different perspectives? Thank you. Thank you, Jane. Um, I hope I'm doing enough. I always feel like I'm not because I set the standard really high for myself. Um <laughs> You're doing well, a lot and it's really <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, you know, first of all, I'm not sure if this works for everyone, but I just like to put myself in uncomfortable situations and places. Um, and that's just to say that, you know, when I'm having a conversation with someone, I just like randomly will insert my faith in conversations or virtually in captions that I post. And then you know, depending on the reaction of my audience, I can either go deeper or pull back a little bit if I if it gets too uncomfortable. Um, and similarly, I keep an open mind on learning about other faiths. And it's, it's truly a beautiful thing when you're learning about other faiths and you're discovering the similarities that Catholicism or Christianity has with those other faiths. 
Um, I think, you know, growing up Black, but also Haitian, Christian, and Catholic, it's sometimes difficult to, for people to understand who I am and, and what I stand for and where I come from and why I stand for those values. But I learned that the best, the best way to um, to be is just really to show up and be myself. And what makes me feel so fulfilled as a Catholic is existing in spaces as, you know, a kind, generous, joyful person who happens to be a Black Catholic woman. And, you know, when you're in that mindset, people get curious, you know, like, how is she so happy? Or how did she get to where she is? And that's when, you know, I try to jump in. It's like, oh, by the way, I pray a lot. It's God. Um, and then, you know, if people are interested with, in what I'm saying, that's where the evangelization starts, you know, just being myself and drawing people closer by sending them prayers or, or uh, scripture. And, you know, I've been told that I have a gift for making people at ease to talk about difficult conversations. So I think as, as Christians, we really have to strive to be open-minded, non-judgmental, and put people at ease. And when we're able to do that, we're able to break through stereotypes and get down to the root of Christianity, which is really just love and acceptance. And I think we're able to open our hearts and our minds to understand our neighbors and people anywhere in the world when we have that mindset. So, you know, I... I hope, like I said, I'm doing enough and I hope I inspire others by what I'm doing as well. Um, and yeah, I, I would encourage people to continue to ask questions and to be open and non-judgmental, but proud of, of your faith. I completely concur that you make people feel at ease. That is a that is definitely a gift of yours. So thank you for thank sharing you. it with the world and <laughs> thank you for sharing it with me as a friend. Um, that's, that's a beautiful, a beautiful gift to have. All right. One last question uh, for you tonight. What is working for you right now? Yeah, this one changed over time. And I was laughing when I read your newsletter yesterday. Um, smoothies <laughs> are, <Yes>. working, <laughs> are working really well for me. Like, I, I don't know. I was afraid of drinking them and in cold weather because I thought I'd be like super cold but they just in the morning they're such a good like wake up meal or snack throughout the day um and and to pair with the smoothies I've been listening to this podcast and and some other career related podcasts during the work day so if you know if there's ever a slight distraction it's for a good cause (laughs) (laughs) at least it's a relevant distraction (laughs) <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Which is all we for. Sure. Sure. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Sophie. Can you share just a little bit about, I can't believe we saved this for the end, but can you share a little bit about the work you're doing with Thrive Beyond Five? I know you have some really exciting stuff coming up. Can you just give a bit of an overview of that and, and what's on the horizon? Sure. So thrivebeyond5.wordpress.com is the website and the Instagram is at thrivebeyond5five, five, the number. Um, and This is a platform I launched around this time last year to share career and lifestyle tips. Um, I initially, you know, wanted this space to reach an audience of diverse young professionals considering careers in international affairs, specifically in DC, but I learned that I was making connections from across the world through this platform. And I am 
so welcoming to anybody willing to hear what I've learned, what um, what I am doing, but also it's a platform for me to grow. I am following all these amazing accounts from this platform. So I recommend that if you do follow Thrive Beyond Fire to go down my follow list and see all the other accounts I follow because I, I think I've curated a good um, group there. Um, and I'm really excited because on March 1st, we're launching, I'm publishing our first e-guide on remote working. So that'll be free on the website. And I'm just putting the finishing touches on it and hopefully it'll be out March 1st. Wow. I'm so excited to see it. And I couldn't agree with you more. I spend so much more time on my Sunday, Monday Instagram than my personal one, because I love my personal one, but the Sunday, Monday, yeah. is just <laughs> such great content. Um, I follow Thrive Beyond Five on both, but it really gives such a, such encouragement. Uh, so that's, that's been really cool. And, and I'm grateful for you creating this content and this remote working guide. I know there's many of us who need it. So I'll be sure to share that in our newsletter when it comes out and uh, put a link to all of your stuff in the show notes for this episode. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jane. Of course. All right. Well, thank you for being here, Sophie. It's been so fun to talk. And um, yeah, I can't wait to, to have you back. Hopefully we'll, we'll get you back and we can talk more things about Thriving Beyond Five. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to catching up after, after this sometime and have a great evening. Awesome. All right. You too. Bye. All right. I hope you learned something. Sophie-Ann is a font of wisdom and knowledge, and I'm so, so happy she was able to be here with us. Please do go check out Thrive Beyond Five. I know she's releasing a really incredible ebook this week, so go check that out. And if you want to stay in contact with the Sunday Monday until our next podcast episode drops next Tuesday, you can find us on Instagram at the Sunday Monday underscore and online at www.thesundaymonday.co. We send out a weekly newsletter called the Sunday Monday Tuesday that comes out on Tuesdays and you can sign up for that for free on our website as well. Okay. I think that is it for today. Thanks so much for listening. Get back to work. I love you all. Bye.